0: Visit AscentEquityGroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T EquityGroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: Listen to their experiences and learn from it. I tell people all the time, don't be the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, then you need to find new friends.
2: It's that time of year again, tax season. How are you doing on tax season? How's that treating you so far? Well, if you have a lot of receipts and you're organizing things like your income and expenses and creating reports, and you're also trying to keep up to date with the new tax reform this year, there's a lot of deductions that we can take to maximize return, and there's a lot of strategies that we need to make sure we're aware of. Are you optimizing for the tax laws? Well, our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide. And- I've read it. This is the ultimate rental property tax guide. I'm talking about they've got everything covered from opportunity zones to entity selection to establishing a home office, travel expenses, what type of travel expenses are deductible, real estate strategies, tax strategies, capital improvements versus repairs. I mean, this is the ultimate rental property tax guide. And you can get it for free by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. You have to sign up for an account, but the account is free. So when you sign up for a free Stessa account, you will get this guide. This is worth its weight in gold for sure. Go to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best taxes. And when you work with Stessa, Stessa is a tool that helps every rental property owner track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate investment. So it's going to save a lot of time during tax season, but then also through the rest of the season as we go and grow our rental portfolio and optimize that. So go to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. Get that ultimate rental property tax guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Chad Hudson, how you doing, Chad?
1: I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, my pleasure, and I'm glad you're doing great. A little bit about Chad. He started investing in 2000 when he was burnt out on baseball, and he founded Savoy Companies and grew it to over 30 units. He's based in Rockwall, Texas. He's done over 100 transactions. So with that being said, Chad, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
1: Absolutely. As far as being burnt out, that is correct. In 2000, I graduated from Texas A&M University and I helped create a startup with my family. It was a family business. Fortunately, I came out of college with no debt. I was on a baseball scholarship, and in the meantime, started earning good money. I needed a place to live. Bought a a condo in Rockwall, Texas, on the water, and of course, single at the time. My girlfriend was in law school in Houston at South Texas College. She was also an Aggie, but I needed a roommate to obviously help with the mortgage. So, Long story short, he basically, one of my best friends, moved in, paid pretty much the entire payment, and that piqued my interest, no doubt. I had, I, I think, a, at that time, an $800, $700 payment, and he was paying about that. So, it ended up working well for both of us. We're still great friends to this day, and I tease him all the time that he kind of kick-started the initial first five years of the equity, but... Well, having someone else pay that mortgage piqued my interest and I started buying other units in that particular neighborhood. I obviously treated it as a forced savings account. And just to give you kind of a history of that particular unit, it was paid off. And I don't think me, my wife or I had ever paid one payment towards it. And it grew to right around 250K. I believe we sold that for last year.
2: Wow. Nice work on that. So that served as the foundation. So how did you go from there to get to the 30 unit plus?
1: While I was still working in the company and growing that particular company, I wanted to expand in other areas of real estate. I had a passion for it. I knew what I wanted to do, but I felt like I needed some experience in other avenues of real estate. It can be a broad definition what real estate is, but I then particularly started teaching, self-teaching, listening, learning hitching my wagon to people that actually knew that had experience. So I started fixing flips, you know, obviously before the TV shows and before it became popular, I really had a passion for new construction. I built a lot of spec houses and again, all while developing my rental portfolio at the time. If you fast forward while working on my real estate investing career, I was running the current company that I was in and I ended up really having to look in the mirror. You know, we go through phases in life. I got married and then started a family several years later, but I really had to peel the onion back. And I was having too many irons in the fire, so much time at work that I said, what do you really want to do? And my wife helped me tremendously. We sold the company in 2016 and I can talk a little bit about that, but it helped me. It helped me so much with my real estate investing career, and it helped me gain so much knowledge. And they kind of blend together, but I knew at the time I wanted to build wealth and wanted multiple avenues of real estate, and I was obviously passionate about real estate. I felt like, Joe, after several years, I had the answers to the test. I was, uh, at the time, right at 39, 40 years old and sold the company and went full-fledged with Sepoy Companies with uh, four different, basically, kind of arenas that I dabble in and and that's basically here we are today.
2: What company did you sell in
1: 2016? It's a used car dealership, but what it is is buy here, pay here, note lot. I was fortunate to get started in that and it taught me so much about not only life skills, but the industry. I was basically dealing with people that couldn't get traditional financing and I was giving the loans, holding collateral of the car titles. So I learned so much with that aspect from either lending or being a lien holder, very similar to calling tenants if they were late. Had a great portfolio and had over 350 accounts, sold all the notes and had two locations, owner finance, the real estate. And that really got me, as far as backing up a little bit and the iron's in the fire, that got me thinking as far as the notes. I converted some of the customers I did real estate notes with and bought debt and That's kind of how we are here today. Again, another position within my company for being a lien holder on real estate.
2: One thing that you mentioned that you are doing is while you were doing fix and flips and building spec houses, you were developing your own rental portfolio, which is, in my opinion, the right way to do it versus just continuing to do more spec houses and fix and flips. That way you have some residual income that's being built up. Why did you not put all your money into the business and instead decide to do a rental portfolio?
1: Early on, I knew that my passion was not involved in the car business, so to speak. I knew I was a real estate guy. I knew that I wanted to set myself up and obviously my wife and my family up for success. And quite honestly, Joe, that's all I knew. I did not play the market, still don't to this day. And when you're young like that and have no debt, and you can tend to take a little bit more risk. But to answer your question, it's all about passion. I knew that I was going to sell the business. And I knew I wanted to create something. So like I said, when you're young, you can have a ton of irons in the fire. You can make it happen and be a little bit more risk averse. I obviously had the company as an insurance blanket. To fall back on, and it bailed me out a couple of times. But I felt like I had an opportunity at early age to take some risk and learn and grow up. And then, like I said, as far as when I hit forty, it was time to go all in. I felt like I had a great education, self-taught there, that I could build on.
2: When you needed the company to bail you out a couple of times due to some things you learned or some deals that didn't go well. Can you describe one of those deals just so we can learn alongside with you?
1: I would say on one of those deals, you understand when you're running a business, you're going to have a relationship with some sort of lender or some bank or whether it's private. I had built a relationship with a local bank and probably the biggest mistake I'd made, I'd bought six lots in a neighborhood developed in a small town, about 60 miles east of Dallas. And I was able to, I was able to set a town called Wills Point, Texas.
2: Okay. Yep. I've been there.
1: Yeah. I bought six lots, fairly cheap lots. I was able to sell five of the six houses. I saved the best lot for last. I put too much money in it, Joe. I I overbuilt. It was a cul-de-sac lot. I thought, you know what? I'm going to do really well on this particular house. (laughs) And I ignored all the signs. It was 2006, 2007. And I went against my rule of thumb that I had set, but I learned so much from it. I learned that you always have to av- have an exit strategy. You got to pay attention to what's going on in the market around you, if it's rentals, whether it's fix and flips, new construction, or whatever it may be. But I, I ended up losing about 25 grand initially. I say that I had obviously perfect credit went to the local bank that I was doing business with, with the car business and said, Hey, look, this is the situation I'm in. I need to buy this place. And you know, at the time, as well as anybody, nobody was really lending. So they started a $50,000 line of credit with me. I ended up paying the 25 grand to get it off the book or move it over, bought it and leased it out for four years. And when the market came back, I basically punted it. But I guess the reason I'm telling you that is because that fifty thousand dollar LOC that I thought was such a big deal, my wife and I had paid it off. The twenty five k, and to this day, Joe, that, that LOC is a million bucks with that same bank. Wow! It's all relationship based.
2: Mm-hmm. How much have you used of that million right now?
1: It's sitting on zero right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I'm waiting for. <laughs>
2: just curious what interest rate do you have on that obviously it's 0 right now cuz you're not borrowing anything but when you do borrow against it what's the rate
1: they might get upset with me if i tell you this right, but bye. no no they're cool they're uh, they're good people like i said it's a good bank and i keep a, a couple of CDs up there joe so i get a spread so they're paying basically 3% on the money that i keep there and giving me a 475 on the LOC Keep in mind, it took a long time to massage that and get that. So (laughs) you know how banks are.
2: Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay, so why not do development right now? Or why not do it for the last couple years versus your focus currently?
1: Joe, it's like every developer I know has filed BK, it seems like. I like to stay in my lane. And and again, I'm a one-man band as far as is with the investing aspect. I'm learning to get out there. I've got obviously a team, but I would say of the four legs on the barstool developing is probably at the moment it is in fourth place. I'm really currently about investing and as far as passive income. Probably my number one passion is building, and I enjoy that, and it's also so much easier. But as far as developing, that is a big ticket item. I've bought some lots in a current development right now, and the hoops that you have to jump through to even get to where you can sell lots is unbelievable. So a lot of holding costs involved in that, and it's my least favorite of the fours, I guess.
2: So you mentioned the four legs. What are those four, real quick? And then I'd like to talk about maybe a couple.
1: Sure. I would say that, obviously, the buy and holds aspect, that is one. New construction, remodel, fix and flip can fall under one category. The the development that we had talked about, I did uh, one development that I took on by myself that's on my resume. But the fourth one is lending. It goes back to the, the business that I sold. Performing notes that I have been doing a lot of lately. I currently have 12 notes and that's real estate notes where I go in and act as a lien holder. It's a very enjoyable play for me because after 20 years in this, my phone rings a lot less. I tell people all the time, it's not my toilet. I'm just the lender. Sure. And again, that's, that's kind of one reason why Lindsay and I, we have transitioned and sold off a lot of our portfolio. We were up there pretty high for a while and then we were down to seven units. Of course, I hate to jowl over the map here, but we've invested in apartments and whatnot and syndications, but that's the fourth, to answer your question, or the lending side of it is far as being a lien holder, performing note.
2: So just so I'm clear on the four, so buy and hold one, new construction slash remodel slash fix and flip two, lending three, what was the fourth? Development. Development. Okay, so new constructions one and then remodel or fix and flips two, got it. Yeah, land
1: development. I currently have some land that I'm holding, and whether I develop it or not, that's for another day, but uh, land development.
2: What do you do with that land during the hold period so it's not eating a hole in your wallet?
1: Well, it serves a purpose. Of course, it's paid in full, but it's with the bank up for collateral for that million-dollar line.
2: Ah, okay. Okay.
1: So I got several pieces of land. There's always a reason behind it. It's worked out really good. There's a portion there that's unsecured, Joe, but back to the relationship. I'll put that up, whether it's just sitting there and it's making money, but it's serving a purpose and it's up for collateral on that line of credit.
2: And when you say it's making money, is it making money because it's collateral for line of credit or do you have it for agriculture or something? So that's how it's making you money.
1: No, no agriculture. It's serving a purpose, I should say. It's with the line of credit. And then obviously that's an equity play there and just a growth play. So ultimately it's there. It's not really eating anything, so to speak. It's for the line and for the leverage.
2: So you've done buy and hold, new construction, remodeling slash fix and flip and private lending. Which one can you see yourself doing a whole lot more of in the next five years?
1: I would say it really depends on what the market bears. If there's houses that need to be built, custom homes, I'll do that. But I think, Joe, as you know, you kind of get involved in this and see the real estate investing side and the wealth. I will always invest in the hold aspect, whether it's me being a property manager. I'm not afraid to be a landlord, I've done it forever. But I think probably. In the next decade, I would say that my wife and I really love the syndication and taking our money and putting it with a group. And I would love to have twenty five 5,000 doors and be a part of that, but not necessarily have to fill the calls and deal with tenants, so to speak. Yep.
2: Based on your experience as a real estate investor, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Find a mentor. Don't be cheap and just get out there. Offer to pay for their launch. Pay for their time. Offer up 50% of a deal that you got going on. The old adage of 50% of something is better than 50% of nothing. Listen to their experiences and learn from it. I tell people all the time, don't be the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, then you need to find new friends. Yep. I've really benefited and enjoyed hanging out all my life with older people. Whether it was male or female, I've learned so much from them and and so much from their mistakes. And you know, Joe, our parents' generation, they are great people. They will just bleed information. They'll tell you their mistakes, what not to do. I don't know how many times I've heard someone has spent their forties paying for their twenties and thirties. And early on I knew I didn't want to do that. I said, I don't give a if it's A college education or not, there's no knowledge better than someone with experience. And if you ask these people questions, they're going to more than likely help you and give you crucial knowledge. As far as advice, I would say, find a mentor. There's a couple more, but that would be number one on my list.
2: What's number two?
1: We talked about a bank partner. That's not going to happen overnight, but you got to build trust. You got to pay your bills. Do what's right. Pay your bills, have a good credit score tell the truth, but I would say you got to be careful going down this journey with selecting a partner. If you ever needed a partner, when I sold my company, I was kind of getting hit up from all different angles and you got to be careful. I would tell somebody never underestimate back to what I was saying a mentor, never underestimate experience. Experience is huge. I don't care how much money the person has. You can go find money you got to have experience, and that would be helpful. My wife is my best partner. She is an attorney, and she keeps me out of trouble quite often. She's always had my back. She's in-house counsel for a company. They're nationwide. Corporate counsel is what she does. But that's not to say I don't have a partner. In the new construction, I tell people I will never do a new construction deal without a gentleman named Chris Pruitt. That guy, he knows more about new construction than anybody I ever met. He is my partner on the building side, Mm -hmm. and it's worked out really well. So again, back to the equation, find a mentor, be careful on your partnership, and a lender or a bank is key.
2: We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? You bet. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Stessa is the essential tool for tracking your rental properties, and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time during tax season. Stessa organizes all of your rental property financials and automatically creates all the reports you need to file your tax return. And Stessa teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you, best ever listeners, the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you maximize your deductions. Get that copy when you sign up for an account. The account's free. So get the copy by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. That's S-T-E-S-S-A. Dot com forward slash best taxes. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. What's the best ever book you've recently read?
0: The One
1: Thing by Gary Keller.
2: Best ever deal you've done?
1: I bought a fiveplex in a class C neighborhood. It was a value add play. I rehabbed it, went in, raised the rent rows, and got everything cleaned up. It took about 18 months, held it for two years. And an investor called me and asked if I'd be willing to sell. I threw a number out there, doubled my money. It was a growth experience, wealth of knowledge, sold the fiveplex. And took that. I tried to 1031 that, Joe. It didn't work out. But those five doors turned into 500 doors.
2: How did that happen?
1: Just taking those proceeds and, just and hitching go. my wagon to syndications.
2: Oh, okay, so you invested passively in a 500 units.
1: Two deals equaling 500, yes, sir.
2: Okay, cool. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
1: I think we just talked about that. The cul-de-sac lot that I overbuilt that cost me 25 grand but it ended up circling back around to being such a good $25,000 well spent.
2: Best ever way you like to give back?
1: That's easy. I love giving directly to people who benefit from it as far as uh, I have always loved around Christmas time going and paying somebody's house payment, paying somebody's car payment and really helping out or paying rent. Probably my favorite thing to do is around August school time, I do it every year, is I'll go to the local mall and bring about five grand cash and buy school tennis shoes all day long. Seeing the mom and dad smile, you know, when you're a kid, shoes are important. And if I can help out and buy a pair of shoes, it might help the parents direct their funds to something else and give a kid confidence going into the new school year and help with education in that aspect. But yeah, my favorite is buying kids' shoes in August back to school.
2: Mm, pretty cool. It's something I haven't heard of and makes a whole lot of sense. I remember how important that first-day outfit was for me.
1: No every, doubt. Every, it's amazing, isn't it? The older we get, I, I don't really care about any of that. You? Of course, No, of course not. No, but
2: <laughs> I, I sure did when I was in middle no school doubt. In, in high school. How can the Best Ever listeners learn more about what you got going on?
1: They can visit my website. I have a website, SavoyCompanies.com, S-A-V-O-Y-C-O-M-P-A-N-I-E-S.com. And my email address is Chad at SavoyCompanies.com, all lowercase, C-H-A-D at SavoyCompanies.com. I'm just now getting on social media. I've kind of been made fun of by all my buddies, but I'm getting out there. I love LinkedIn, but I'm also on LinkedIn. At Chad J Hudson.
2: Stay strong. Stay away from social media. Rot your brain. (laughs) It's a rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, Chad, thank you for being on the show and talking about your experiences from buying and holding to new construction to remodeling and fixing and flipping and lending and now doing passive investments and syndications. How you took that $50,000 line of credit now- grown it to a million and you're finding a mentor thing so find people who can teach you the ropes and you can learn from and then kind of hit your wagon to them while adding value along the way so really appreciate it hope you have a best ever day Enjoyed our conversation we'll talk to you soon hey
1: joe thank you and you do such a great job i just wanted to mention that and you have a plethora of knowledge and listening to your show it's amazing that I wish this was out there 20 years ago, but I'm a heavy, long term listener, and I appreciate what you do. You're an expert. You're rock solid. I appreciate it, buddy.
2: Well, your mentor advice, I'm simply doing that through the podcast. I'm learning along the way every time I talk to someone like you and the other guests. So it's beneficial for everyone. So appreciate those thoughts and looking forward to staying in touch. Yes, sir. Take care, Joe. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.